history of Nelson Iliadu. Be stirred as you listen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you hear me well? All right. So I want to just share a few things very quickly by way of introduction. Um, Turn your Bible to James. James. James chapter 1 verse 21. James 1 21. Are you here? Let's read like a mass choir. One, two, go. No, 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 no. Guys, come on now. We can read better than this. Let's read like a mass choir. One, two, go. Yeah, which is able to save your souls. All right. Now, um, you see, when we come to meetings, there's something I realize that happens. Um, a lot of people, please hold on. A lot of people, um, when the word is being taught, they assume that they know someone who the word is for, rather than the word being for them. Are, are you with me? So when the word is being taught, we say a lot of tell them. It's not them I'm talking to, it's you. We say tell them, talk to them. Um, but the word of God actually is for our safety. Say safety. The word of God is for our safety. I remember I sent out um, um, a newsletter on my mailing list. And I think I was talking a little bit about Christian cults. And I was saying how orthodoxy is the Christian guardrail. That guardrails are not to limit us. Guardrails are to save us from falling over an edge. Are you with me? Guardrails, guys, you need to respond to me. Okay? I'm not here to entertain you. Please respond. Guardrails are there to save us from falling over the edge. So, orthodoxy is actually to save us. And then I got a lot of replies from that mail. And then, you know, people were talking about different things. They were talking about, uh, someone was talking about, she sent me an article and I read it and I said, oh, more things they happen for this life. Oh. And everything as she began to share. And I realized, I heard a man of God say something. He said, um, he said, okay. He said, communication may be fast, but it's still communication. Or communication may be faster, but it's still communication. Human relationships might have changed because of many dynamics that are involved, but it's still human communication. And I mean, when, we, when I taught in Kadash, consecration to set apart, we got to realize that um, if there is anything that we get to note when it comes to God's word, is that God's word has its own implications in our today. How many of us were at Kadash? Now, I thought about how um, when we follow God's plan, there are many issues that are issues today that we will not even have, we will not need to discuss. For example, it is God's plan that, I promise you everything I'm saying is heading somewhere. It is God's plan that a man and his wife raise their children. Are you with me? A man and his wife that was born female. Praise the Lord. Is yeah, shout glory because so important. It's very important because 
God girl. Like I said, it's, it's, I, I really believe that the man and his wife, they are supposed to, there are aspects of God that they are naturally supposed to demonstrate to their children. Are you here? There are aspects of God that they are naturally supposed to demonstrate to their children. So, for example, if we follow the Bible's moral code, uh, the conversation on abortion will reduce drastically. Are you hearing me? The conversation on abortion will reduce. You know, um, since, I mean, I might as well say it, since we talk about it on Twitter every three working days. Cohabiting. Right? And I showed you guys how, statistically speaking, the people who cohabit, their marriages are more likely to fail. As in, it was a scientific research. It was, it was research. Their marriages are more likely to fail. So if you are living with your to be now. Failure is in front. <laughs> ah, easy. <laughs> so statistically, those relationships fail. Right? And that's why, you see, when we read through scriptures and we look at God's word, we think that God's word is only important. See, let me tell you something. When God tells us to live in a particular kind of way, it's not for his good, it's for our good. If God is good, and God is all wise, everything that it is wisdom to follow his plan. Are you here? If God is good and God is all wise, following the dictates by which he set is us being wise. I said this, I said, um, the way life is believed is life is supposed to be lived according to the pattern and according to the dictates of the one who gave life in the first place. So, um, there are many conversations, and I mean, you know, I showed you guys how um, people who grew up without fathers, people who grew up without mothers, I was just basically using that line to show us that the word of God has practical implications. It has practical implications. The neglect thereof. Has, are you aware that the book of Proverbs is a book of, or Ecclesiastes is natural wisdom? Solomon saw things and he said, I have looked under the sun and I have observed. So Solomon said, so a little to six, a little to seven, in the evening withhold not your hand because you don't know which one will germinate. He was not telling you a deep spiritual mystery. And when he was saying withhold not your hand, cast your bread upon many waters for in many days they shall come back. He was not saying sow seeds. He was saying Invest. I mean, when he said, you don't know which one will come back, is because investments fail. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So if you, if you invested in something and it failed, it was not because you didn't hear God. It's because you live in a falling world. Hey, hear God, falling world. You pass slow, you not get it at that. So, I said all that to say this. God's word is for our safety. Say God's word, God's word is for my safety. So when the word of God comes on a matter, you don't say, oh, I know who this word is for. Uh -uh. You scan yourself with the word first. So like I usually say, as the bullet is shot, don't touch it. If it comes in your direction, receive it with meekness. Receive it. If your wig is dragged on the floor, don't pick it. Leave it there. 
So when the word of God comes, you receive God's word. God is always right, we can be wrong. Are you with me? God is always right, we can be wrong. I'm just telling you what to expect because this is a teaching meeting and then the word will be taught. Actually, the high point of Christian gatherings is the teaching of God's word. Amen. Number two, I don't know about this. I do, let me not say it so that if it happens, it happens. But just open your heart. God will speak to us. Amen. That's all I will say. And finally, of course, God's word comes with ability. So we're going to expect the hand of God in our first men. Praise the Lord. All right, let's start. <clears throat> if you've not listened to this teaching, I, I titled Cryptocurrency. Maybe you should listen to it because this teaching is actually going to be like a part two of Cryptocurrency. All right. I like the way people are looking at me. It's, it's very good. It's the part two of Cryptocurrency. The first thing I want us to understand is see, before God wants to give you things, God wants to have you. God has absolutely no problem in giving us things, but God's ultimate priority is us first. Give me um, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. 1 Timothy 6, 17. All right. Are we there? He said, charge them that are what? Rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us all, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Read this last, read from the living God. One, two, go. God is not against the believer having things. Where God draws the line is when things have you. And that's why Jesus, you see, this teaching about money, I, you know, in that cryptocurrency video I was speaking and I said, a lot of people know, they know a God who can supply my needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Huh? I'm talking of a God who can shake leg for you. A God who will give you a house. A God who will give you a car. If you need a car, shout amen. Right? Now, we know that God and we like him. But there is priorities. Our priorities are lopsided. Are you aware that this same faith that a lot of people use to think that gain is godliness, meaning the more you have, the more godly you are. A lot of people, that same faith, men lost their lives for the faith. Are you with me? Are you aware that scripturally, if you lose anything for God's cause, it's not a loss, it's a gain. And that's why Paul will say, for to me, to live is what? Christ. And to die is gain. He said, I can stay with you, I can choose to go. But to be with Christ is better. But for your sake, let me suffer with you. <laughs> being here, it doesn't compare to being with Jesus. Amen. amen. Shout aloud, amen. amen. Not your neighbor and say amen. amen. I hope your neighbor is not angry this morning. So, God is not against us having things. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. He gives us all things richly to enjoy, but his problem is the other way around, when things begin to own you. You know, the Bible lets us understand in Deuteronomy chapter 10, from verse 8 to 9. You know, give me Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. 
Matthew 6.33. But look at Deuteronomy 10.8-9. This was speaking of the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi had absolutely no inheritance when they were sharing properties. And the Lord said, Matthew 6.33, the Lord said um, he was going to be the possession of the tribe of Levi. Please, are you here? Guys, I need you. you some of you, it looks like your mind is not here. Are you here? Yes, the tribe of Levi was going to be God's um, prized possession. He himself was going to be their inheritance. In Deuteronomy 10, the Lord was going to be their inheritance. Alright? Now, that basically tells us something else, which is this. As it pertains to us, we have been made priests and what? Kings unto him. For us, God has become our ultimate delight. God has become our ultimate pleasure. God has become our inheritance such that if we lose anything for God, it is a pleasure. If we lose anything and we have Jesus, we are one. Guys, are you here? Because everything, the reason I'm jumping through this is because I've already taught cryptocurrency. And Jesus said, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? It means that if you liquidate the wealth of the world and put it on one side of the scale, and then you put the worth of a man's soul on another side of the scale, the worth of a man's soul will still outweigh all the riches of the world. Are you here? And that's why Jesus uses a business term. He said, what shall he profit a man? Because that is exactly what the devil does. The devil cheats us on the worth of our soul. Are you here, please? The devil cheats us on the worth of our soul. I'm feeling the people at the back more than people in front. That's why I'm coming here. Because you are dulling me. Sorry, you're nervous. Matthew 6.33, it said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. But when a lot of people read this verse, what they see is seek all other things using the kingdom. Seek all other things using the kingdom. Priorities. See, it is true that God prospers men. Right, it is true. However, the problem is discipleship is meticulous. If you throw somebody up, they will fall down, but if they grow up, they will stay up. Right? So when you teach somebody, when you teach someone, you need to lay it precept upon precept, brick upon brick. If not, you will have a quashokot believer. You will meet a lot of people that that they say that ah. They, all they know is how God supplies. What did Jesus do on the cross? He shall have died. Uneven growth is unhealthy. Are you aware? And that's why Paul told the church at Corinth. He said, grow in this grace also. Talking about the giving grace in 2 Corinthians 8. He said, grow in this grace how? Also, it means that as, as you excel in spiritual gifts, as you excel in all those other things, in your generosity, you're supposed to grow as well. And then he said he was sending Titus to walk that giving grace that was worked at the church in Macedonia in them also. So, spiritual growth is wholesome. It's not something that you pick some and you leave some. See, theological leanings, it has another name. Idolatry. When you like the teachings on spiritual gifts, but when it comes to Christian conduct, you say, it's not really my vibe, idolater. 
you like the teachings on God prospering. But then when you see, and this is our generation. Let me stand here. It's Google my platform. You didn't call me. You don't pay me. You can't sack me. Our generation, when it's time for believers to hang out, you say, this is what the church is supposed to be doing. We look like Club Royale to you. He said, this is what the church is supposed to be doing. And there's nothing wrong because we're a family, right? We can hang out. When it's time for us to hang out, you say, yes, I, I, I'm going to be there. <laughs> but when we say, let's come for prayer meetings, you say, you see, God is everywhere. I will be streaming. I will supply my spirit. Can you keep your spirit to yourself? So we get to pick and we get to choose. And it's wrong. It's wrong. Uneven growth is unhealthy. Uneven growth is unhealthy. Don't like what I'm saying? You will still come again. God will drag you. Uneven growth is unhealthy. Let's have prayer meetings. You see, I don't really... But when it comes to February, when we are teaching on relationship, you are like, my word. It's my word. You've never... <laughs> I'm upset. You know, now, I'm not shading anybody, but if you're offended, repent. If you're offended, it means you're the one I'm talking to. We are on the timeline. Because I'm active on Twitter. We will not leave that timeline for devils who will fight. We don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> so, on, you know, on the timeline, when we are talking of core doctrinal subject, you are not interested. It's not that you don't know. You are not interested. Eh? But when he talks about relationship, you say, hi, this man. Greater than, greater than, greater than. <laughs> you are not interested. When it comes to all those things, see, we're laughing, but you know, you know it's a problem, Abi. There was one time I was in a meeting, and then the host now said, now relationship, I rolled my eyes so much I could see my brain. I said, are we not tired? We're always talking love, 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 love. Yet, yet, the breakfast is going around. It's just going around. We're not doing it right. Can't we see something is wrong? It just now what's that they try to see it just means that it means that there is a weightier matter we are not getting just like jesus told them he said you don't miss your tithe he said but the weightier matters of justice and fairness that one you are lacking it so i believe that before you think of relationship answer matters of destiny what is god's plan for your life See, if you know this once, there are people that will not enter your eye. In fact, there are people that will... Wait now. There are people that will ask you out. You will go back and say, Father, I repent. What did I do wrong? See, trust me. Trust me, I'm a cool guy. I'm a cougar. I, I like to have fun like every other person. I like to chill. If you probably see me outside, you'll not know I'm a pastor. Right? But people are knowing me these days. It's so weird. If you probably see me outside, you'll not know I'm a pastor. I will probably wear shorts and slides and feel funky. 
right? So when people see me and say, Pastor Nelson, I feel almost embarrassed. Namio, wow. <laughs> so, but please, let's be serious. Are, are you not tired? Relax. Relax. It's enough. Knowing God's plan for your life. See, there are many things, eh? There are many things in your life that will give way. Let me stand there so that the mic will pick me well. There are many things in your life that will give way to the sense of purpose. Once you come into your assignment, there are many things that will give way by themselves. Guys, are you here? There are many things that will give way. Many things will give way when, it, when you understand purpose. Because when you come into what God has called you to do, the zeal of the Lord will perform it. You will come into a work ethic that is not yours. When you come into following God's plan for your life, you embrace that God's plan is to get all men saved and you plug in. Uh-uh. Wake up. Let's be serious. Sometimes I see us that we are too light. We enjoy ephemeral things too much. Too much. Too much. What is your life? This is not consecration. What is your life contributing to the cause of the king on the earth? You say, all I do is lifestyle evangelism. You are not serious. Can't you see you are not serious? You said the Bible says, preach the gospel, use words when necessary. Ah! The gospel is preached by words. You don't use words when necessary. It's words you use only. You don't preach the gospel by your lifestyle. Your lifestyle does not show that Jesus died, rose again. If anything, your lifestyle would pick interest and then you will then preach the gospel. But God's call for us is that we are to go out and to reach the, the lost. Don't we know? Many of us know people that left this country. They went out and have no prayer life anymore. Am I talking? Yes, sir. Many people that left this country and then when you tell them about tongues, they say, you know tongues, in it, in it. <laughs> I've made up my mind. The Bible says men ought always to pray. And not forget this suit or we they pray. Oh. Hey, hey, God. Hey God, we they pray. You hold the horns of the altar, Ada, Zuze. <laughs> My God, and you pray like that. You cannot marry a witch. <laughs> but when all you see are hips, <laughs> you miss. <laughs> it's graces. <laughs> it's just, it's just flowing. Give Jesus a wiper in the house. <laughs> all right, let's let's go back to our text. That was probably a detour. We're all laughing, but somebody has gotten a note of victory. The victory means break up. You understand? It's a note of victory. Let me not talk. I will Matthew 6.33, but seek it first. Jesus was talking of priorities. And he was talking of basically um, worry. If God takes care of the bed of the air, of the fowl of the air, and then the if he takes care of the lilies of the field, and Solomon in all his splendor was not as beautiful as they were, how much more you? Then what Jesus then tells us is 
Seek ye first. Meaning be preoccupied with the things of the kingdom. Are you here? Just like that relationship thing I was talking about. There's nothing wrong in teaching relationship and marriage. We should teach it from God's word. My only problem is this. What is supposed to find um, meaning in a context? We have made it the context. So also, um, before the believer is taught that God provides and all these things, you should know God's posture towards money. What does the word say concerning money? Are you here? Are you being blessed already? Yes, Matthew chapter 10 verse 38. Matthew 10 38. Matthew 10 38. He said, and he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Next verse. 39, sir. He that findeth his life shall lose it. Semicolon. And he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Listen. There are things in God's word that look like contradictions, but they are not. Are you here? They look like contradictions, but they are not. What this means is this. In as much as God defends, are you here? In as much as God defends, one thing that is undeniably and undoubtedly true is this. Um, God defends, but there is provision to lose our lives for his cause. Are you here? There is provision to lose our lives for his cause. That's why Jesus said, he that findeth his life shall lose it. And he that loses his life for my sake shall find it. So before we talk about material blessings and what God can do and all those things, hey, we need to understand that there is nothing first we cannot lose for him. Because all that we are, he gave us. Jesus said, what do you have that was not given? What do we have? That was not given. That's by way of introduction. Hallelujah. Alright. Now I want to talk about a few con concepts before I go. Give me Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. Philippians 4 11. Then after that 1 Timothy 6. Philippians 4 11 to 13. Then after that 1 Timothy 6 6. Alright look at this. He said not that I speak in rest. Listen. Listen. If you pay attention in this meeting. For some of you. What the answer from God's heart you need for your finances, you will get it in this meeting. Alright? Are you here? Yes, sir. The answer you need for your finances, you will get it in this meeting. Pay attention. I feel weird sharing things like this. Snap. Snap. I feel weird sharing things like this, but I will share it. You know? <laughs> I had a ministration. Let me share this testimony and I give this one so it will give context. I was in Ibadan earlier this year, 5th of February. So that morning I was praying. And then as I began to pray, and I was praying, I was praying, the Lord, the Lord, no, it's not even that. As I was praying, Olisa was sleeping. Right? So, hot tongues like this, he was as dead. So I bumped into an angel. And then the Lord said to me, he said, this angel is an angel that is responsible for prophetic operations. He said, when you minister prophetically, he will minister with you. And it's scriptural. I can go ahead to show many 
and examples of what that means. When I say what that means, I mean angelic ministry beside natural ministry. Do you get what I'm saying? Bolu, of course, knows because he's a rabbi. I, uh, so I can give it. So when that happened, you know, I had been flowing in word of knowledge since. How many of you knew me in school? How many of you knew that I used to flow in revelatory gifts in school? Okay. But then there was a heightening that happened after that experience. You know, I ministered, <laughs> I ministered somewhere on Wednesday morning by 3 a.m. Some of you are wondering, wow, yes, 3 a.m. So, I called someone. I remember that guy. I called him. I gave him a word. I said, I'm seeing dollar signs around you. The Lord said, you see, calm down. It's not you. <laughs> I said, I'm seeing dollar signs around you. It shows financial favor. His pastor told me, he said, man of God, that's so accurate. <laughs> he said, I gave him that word earlier. And I said, wait, why am I seeing, two weeks ago, he said he gave him that word two weeks ago. I said, wait, why am I seeing tech? As I said, everybody just there laughing. He did like this. <laughs> In my mind, answer me. <laughs> he said, I'm a software developer. I said, it's good. It's good. So, I, I saw that and then I'm just trying to explain that. Thing. I'm saying this for a reason, not just for the, for the story alone. There's a reason to open your hearts to receive. Right? Um, then, we get to see that, so this meeting as I was praying and preparing, I saw an angel. <laughs> I, I don't like sharing these things. They are weird for me. They are weird for me to share. I saw an angel and the Lord told me to share it to to open someone's heart. Because many of us are at different levels of growth. There's some people that their hearts will only open when you tell them extraordinary things. So, I saw an angel and I saw that the angel was... Um, see, I'm struggling to say it. Anyways, he was... He's basically here to help for your finances. He will give direction. So, listen... Listen to the teaching and pay attention. Amen? For some of you, what you will need is you will get leading. And when I tell you about your finances, not miracle money, not that you just wake up and you see dollars, you say, I didn't know. You will answer, no. It's that you will know what to do. You will know who to call. You will know the courses to start taking. You will know what to do. Anyways, when I get down into the teaching, you, these things will make sense some more. Because I'm going to explain how miracles happen. A lot of us don't know how miracles happen. Or because we expect miracles to happen some kind of way, we miss out when some other things happen. Are you here? Praise, touch for me. Philippians 4. Look at this. He said, not that I speak in respect of want. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am. Dare we to be what? Dare we to be what? Give me the next verse, sir. He said, I know. We're going to 1 Timothy 6, 6 after 13. I know both how to be what? And how to what? This means that he knows how to stay when there is little. And he knows how to stay when there is plenty. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be what? Child of God, this is the believer's disposition. This is the believer. You see, Jesus told us in um, Luke 12, 15. He said, a man's life. Oh. 
A man's life does not constitute in the abundance of the things that he what? Possesses. It means what you have or what you don't have does not define who you are. Hallelujah to God. The believer's self-esteem is in God. The believer's self-esteem is in God. The same one that said no fowl of the air falls to the ground without his knowledge. And then he used that in contrast to explain who we are. What we mean to him. And we mean something to God, not because we are anything, but because God himself put value on us. Are you here? See, I know this, we've used this statement, but philosophically it's suicide. When we say things like, um, if you were the only one, God would have still died. It's true, but there's an explanation to it. And we say that if you were the only one, God would have still died. He loved you that much. Yes and no. If you say yes, that you know there's something about you, no. He would have still died because it was his integrity to protect. Because he had already said that there was a lamb that was slain from before the what? Foundation of the world. So he had no, when God shows you good, you say, I don't know why you love me. No, from today, it's not because of you, it's because of who he is. Are you here? It's because of who he is. He is good, not just because you have done, not because you have done anything, but because that's who he is. He is just, not because you demand, not because you demand or desire justice, but because just is who he is. You are God all by yourself. He said, I know both how to be abased and how to abound. You find people who don't know how to deal with little. When you are little, it shows in your self-esteem. So when you don't have much money, they say, shake me. Your handshake is watery. What's wrong with you? I have known how to abase. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be what? Full and to be hungry. In any condition, we gather day. You cannot know, you cannot know my financial status by, by, by my face, my facial expression. In plenty, I'm happy. In little, I'm still happy. Paul was writing to the churches and telling them to rejoice in prison. It, it didn't click for many of you. He was in prison. He was telling people that we are free to rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. If your joy is in the things you have, you will die young. Look at what the Bible says. Jesus in 1 Timothy 6, and Paul was speaking. He said, tell them who are rich in this world, not to what? Trust in uncertain riches. Riches are uncertain, oh. You know, Proverbs said, money has wings. It can fly away. <laughs> One verse I read way earlier that sat on my mind and I will never forget is in Job. It said, as a man that getteth riches but not by right, he shall leave him in the midst of his days and he shall be a fool. In this our generation where you want to get at 25 what your father had at 40, that contentment is lacking. You cannot have your small and be okay. So go for more. Do more. The rich don't sleep eight hours a day. <laughs> you are welcoming anxiety. Anyways, and high blood pressure. Because you say, I, I function on three hours a day. You will soon pass out. Yes. So, he said, I am instructed both to be full and to, hung to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer the next verse. He said, I can do what? 
Say all things. Through Christ which strengthened me. Now, a lot of people think that this verse says, even if it means to fly, I can fly. No. The all he was talking about here was what he said in verse 12. Which is to abase and to abound, to dwell in hunger, and then to dwell in um, fullness. So whether he has plenty or whether he has little, he can do both because Christ strengthens him. Whether he is full or he is hungry, he can exist in both. Mm, hungry, God forbid. Whether he is full or he is hungry, he can exist in both. Why? Because Christ strengthened him. Are you here? Guys, are you here? He can dwell in both. So he can do all those things because Christ does what? Strengthens him. In any state you have found yourself. See, can I tell you something? We cannot be defined by what we have or we don't have. We have God esteem. We find satisfaction and identity in what Christ has done. I am worth the blood of Jesus. He died for me. I believe in his sacrifice. He is good. He has become my father. It's not what I have that defines me. It's who I am. Give me First Timothy 6. Like I said, it's a Bible study, so we'll be opening a lot. 1 Timothy 6, 6. Then next one, Luke chapter 3, verse 14. We're reading to verse 12. Read this loud and clear. One, two, go. No? Read it loud and clear. One, two, go. As I was saying, really loud and clear, I was laughing in my head. You know, one of the older ministers in this country, he said, you will shout it loud and clear. How many of us know who that is? Okay. Read it again. One, two, go. Give me the next verse, sir. Godliness with contentment is great gain. He said, for we brought... See, so Paul is basically trying to give you the logic behind what he said earlier. Are you here, He's trying to give you the logic behind what he said earlier. He said, for we brought nothing into this world. It's just like Solomon that said in Ecclesiastes. <laughs> Ecclesiastes, he said, naked we came into this world. Naked we will go. If it doesn't matter if you have three million houses, you will not be buried with any. Ah, the parable of the rich. I don't think it's a parable, but the rich fool. He came and then he said, I will tear this down and build another one. Oh my God. And Jesus said that God looked at him and said, Oh fool, tonight your soul will be demanded from you. I don't think that's a parable. What that tells us is this, there is a way you can play with money that your life can be in trouble. With God, of course. He said, he said he demanded his soul. That man was not buried with any of the bands that he built. We live life like we believe in the Egyptian mythology where you have, to, um, you have to be buried with a lot of treasure and then if the treasure is a lot, you are going to get into the afterlife. Right? No, naked you came. Now only you are caca. Naked you came, naked you will leave. Give me the next verse, sir. No, 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 please. We prayed for this screen. Read on that screen. It said, and having food and what? Let us deal with, let us be dear with content. Next verse, we're going to 12. He said, but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and lustful thoughts 
which drown men in destruction and perdition. Hold on. There's a reason why he said they that will be rich. Because the truth of the matter is this. More resources, more temptations. Are you here? Raise your hand if as soon as your salary or your source of income increased, you started seeing things you didn't used to see before. Raise your hand. You're like, wow. Hmm. This thing no go bad. You started seeing things you were not seeing before. He said, they that will be rich will fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts. We drown men in destruction and perdition. I'm going to explain more. Give me the next verse, sir. Thank you, Jesus. Look at this. He said, for the love of what? For the love of what? Where's Bajo? He needs to pay attention. For the love of what? Is the what? Which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Hold on. This verse reminds me of a man from Abel Kuta called Demas. Right? He said it was an eternal witness and testimony that Demas loved this present world. So Demas wore that Demas left him. Why? Because he loved this present world. He said, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sons. Look at 10 again. He said, for the love of money, is, you know, Apostle explains this very well. He says <laughs> that if you love money, evil that is hiding in your life will come out. You think you are fine till you have, till you have an opportunity. You know, Many people now, I, there are many people I hear their stories and I just feel sad for them. Doesn't make it right, but I feel sad for them. You know, when there are people that when they are in dire need and they are very broke, then somebody will now come and say, well, I have the money. You have the supply. He said, let's do supply and demand. I'm ready when you are. And you say, please, please. You say, you know what to do. The, oh, I hope you know it doesn't just happen in movies. It's a real life thing. It's a real life thing. And then he says, okay. When you're ready, you know where my office is. And there are many people that do things like that. But that one is even when you're on the vulnerable side. What of when you are tempted with dangerous forms? Somebody gives you 4M dollars. He shows you the cash. And then he says, you know what? Um, denounce your faith. We are saying, ah, now, because they never show you the money. <laughs> he says, denounce your faith. Can I tell you something? Paul, I was reading the book of Timothy, and Paul told Timothy in NIV, he said, train yourself to godliness. You train yourself. There are many of the things right now, right now, that, are you aware that you don't just turn down one million? You train yourself by turning down many other things first. Many other things. Some of you are still arguing, we should not give to church, the church should be given to us. 
it, it, that, the answer to that is also in cryptocurrency. We should, so God is still, God cannot place a demand. See, God knows that if there's somebody that is hungry and he wants to reach out to that person, he cannot trust you. Because you can hear lay hands on the sick, but, the, but you cannot hear, give this person 2K, you say, I bind you. The voice of evil. I, I shared this story. I said, I heard a man of God. I heard a man of God. He said, Is the camera still showing me? He said, I heard a man of God. I heard a man of God. He shared this story. He said that, you know, he had moved to a new city. The Lord told him to move to a new city. I mean, now he planted the church there, doing well and stuff. And then the Lord told him, He was, he was telling the Lord that he needed a car. Nobody was going to sell a car to him because you needed a credit score to get a car. And you need to have taken a loan before you get a credit score. So it was an endless loop. Oh yeah, start now. Give me the credit score. Nobody wanted to trust him. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So he had been praying and praying. And every time he prays, he will feel peace. So imagine you are feeling peace for six months. And it's for something you need urgently. At some point, you'll be upset. Like, how far now? Lord, show me why I mean it. And then the Lord told him, he said, I have spoken to five people. And none of them have taken it. I'm on the sixth person now. And that's actually how he got it. And when I heard that, I said, Father, if you need anybody, I'm reliable. There is nothing that I own that you did not give me. There is nothing that you will place demand on that I cannot release. There is nothing. Nothing that I cannot release. He said, for the love of money, the love of money, the love of money. Many of us are, not many of virtually all of us here are young. I don't, if there's anyone here above 30, raise your hand. Shaitan, we just not do you like this. Okay. Just less than 1%. There are men, see, as you grow in life, this temptation will come to you one way or another. You now need to choose. Please stop talking to your neighbor. Pay attention. You now need to choose. Do I love Jesus more or do I love money more? For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Yes? He said, but thou, O man of God, flee these things. Follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Next verse, sir. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Paul was telling Timothy that lay hold on to godliness. You see that thing called contentment. Contentment is not foolishness. Contentment is safety. Guys, are you here? Contentment is what? Safety. Contentment is safety. Is safety. Give me um, Luke chapter 3. Luke chapter 3. Ah, sir. I didn't type my this thing because I hoped. Verse 14. Verse 14. 
He said, this is John the Baptist speaking to soldiers now. He said, and the soldiers likewise demanded of him saying, and what shall we do? And he said unto them, do violence to no man. They should say this to Nigerian police, yeah? He said, do violence to no man, neither accuse any falsely, and be content with your wages. Can I present the word of God to you guys? You guys that are in positions that you do, your job is basically you, you interface with the client directly. It's wrong for you to collect money from the client to do what you are being paid salary for. It does not matter how Nigeria looks. What does the word of God say? Some of you are doing mental struggle now. You say, I know it's wrong. However, however, even though up on steel, even though. Nobody is saying, I'll collect the last one on Monday. Now, I'll not do it again. He said, be content with your wages. Listen, you know, I was telling someone how people in Nigeria are suffering, you know, wages, the economic standard and things like that. And then I was talking a little bit on contentment. And then he said that, how can someone... He said, how can somebody who earns 30K be content? And everybody too around me said, hey, it's true. I, I, you know, they were just innocently saying. And I said, no, contentment does not start with how much you earn. It's a, it's a heart disposition first. It's a heart disposition before it, is, before it expresses in, you know, in your life. You will need to make up your mind first that anything I earn first, I will live within my means. Are you here? I will live within my means. Some of us are trying to raise shoulder that we don't have. So your friend said, let's go to this place. I cannot afford it. It never took anybody to hell, I promise. He said, be content with your wages. At some point, contentment, you must be able to say, you know what? This one, he passed me. I can't do. Luke, I've, I've read this one. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Let's just read it again. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He said, and he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he what? Which he what? Which he what? A man's life definition is not in the things that he has. What does this mean? Listen. If God has become our highest delight, let me show us a verse quickly. Hmm. Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Matthew chapter 13, verse 45. Matthew 13, 45. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. So we lift you high. Yahweh, Yahweh. Oh, we lift you high. Yahweh, Yahweh. 
Ayana Nelado. Oh, we lift you, we lift you high. Oh, you What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me with a price. What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you bought me with a price. Say what you want. Lord, your will. Hey, you are. Oh, you bought me with a price. Say what you want. Say what you want. It's a song of consecration. Lord, your will. Say what you want. Come on, sing. Come on, sing. Jesus, your will. Jehovah, hey, what you want? 
What you want is what I want. Lord, your will is mine. You are Jesus. Oh, hey, what you want is what I want. Lord, your On this song, what you want is what I want. Lord, your will is my will. You are Jesus. Oh, you must be the Hey, what you want is what I want. Oh, Lord, your will, oh, Lord, we bow, we surrender to your will. What you want is what I want. I want to know you more. 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 Hey, Lord, you have our hearts. Lord, you have our lives. You have our hearts. You have our lives. You have our hearts. You have our lives. Praise. You have our hearts. You have our lives. Ela basaida kamroke belejia, londa kabaka saida baba balando robo koshai. You have our hearts. You have our lives. Enda baba akatosi. 
Sheda da bababaka sombra. Ronde ke baya talalala bako soilata. Rata la baka isamba la baba shandaka. Bregede de samba baba 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 baba. Ela baba baba kasoilo. You want my heart. My heart, Jesus. You want my heart, my heart, Jesus.
from the heart of stone to the heart of flesh. Yes, you Lord, my life, Yahweh. Oh, yes, you Lord, my life, Spirit of the living God. Oh, you are my life, Yahweh. See, attack by Ronda gaba baba baba shada baba kas le baba ba so nekeria oh you run my life Yahweh I'm giving you a few more minutes just consecrate a few more minutes just speak to the one who bought your soul my God my God reka kali andele boko saida vele basaida burua saida Sonda Kabaya Lepa Raba Saida Balababa Baba Kasaida Ronda Labaka Saida Leboko Shanda Baba Boko Saida Raga Laba Saida Lababam Raga Basaida Yala Mandele Boko Sontere Bakaya Shanda Bababa Ela baba 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 kasaida brokotezia Lemba baba saida kabronde gelevezia Kronde jegete bidikis Boloko sonde In Jesus name we have prayed Hallelujah Hallelujah Where were we? Yes he said again the kingdom of heaven jesus, jesus teaching a parable he said the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls next verse he said who when he had found one pearl of great price went and sold all that he had say all that he had and he did what he bought it listen jesus is telling us that the kingdom of god is likened unto a man who found something priceless and then sold every other thing that he thought was of inestimable value to get that thing. Why? Because he had found something that was more precious. Are you here? And that is why anything that we lose for Christ is gain. That's why if following Jesus is foolishness, may we never be wise. Are you here? So this verse goes back to Luke 12, verse 15, which says, A man's life does not, does not constitute in the abundance of the things that he possesses. That verse actually tells us one thing. You know, I've said this before, and I'm not going to overflog this. It just means as a believer, there are some jobs you cannot take. There are some jobs you cannot take. You know, 
I had a meeting in 2019. Tony, when did I have the believer marketplace and purpose? 2019. Abby? Now, a man of God came there and he shared a testimony. Now, he's a big boy. Oh, low bastard. Are you with me? So, he said, sorry for international audience, that's Greek. So, he, um, he had a job. He got, so he's a creative director of a design and consulting agency. And then they met him that he should, um, he should do a, a, an ad campaign on how to get teenagers hooked to vape. You know what vape is? So it was targeted at teenagers and it was targeted to get them hooked to vape. Do you know how the, um, the um, cigarette advertisements in the 80s in the US, do you know how they were branded? They were branded in such a way that if you don't smoke, you were missing something. That's how they were branded. That if you were not smoking, you were... Hence, everybody started taking nicotine. Hence, cancer go they follow you you get so everybody started taking nicotine and then cancer of course because you are taking in nicotine is bad for your system but this guy this man of god he was he was giving this gig to give it some of and he said he thought about it because they were paying him in tens of thousands of dollars in 2018 when money still had value tens of thousands of dollars and then he said he considered hey, good to see you he considered it. He said he came to church and they were singing one song that had to do with surrender. He just laid on the floor. And then as he laid on the floor, he just, you know, there are leadings that the Lord will give you. You don't think about it. You do it immediately. Especially when the Lord says, send money to this ministry now. Send it first. Regret later. Yes, that's how I used to do it. I just bring it and I send. After I send, I say, Mado. Wow. So, he just brought out his phone and he just declined the offer. Because he showed me that if he had thought about it for three more days, uh -uh, a tithe, I don't know, he would have sent it. But listen, there are some jobs you don't pray about. Because your life, is not in, your life does not constitute in what you have or what you don't have, there are things you don't pray about. There are gigs you cannot do. There gigs you anything that always clashes with your faith must go for your faith. I told somebody, I, I said, he said, Oh, I, I don't come to church every Sunday. I said, Why? He said, Because I work on Sunday. I said, Resign, get another job. Any man that is too busy, that is too busy for God, is busier than God intended him to be. Get another job and resign. They say, We work Sunday to Sunday. So, I mean, what is church? My brother, resign. And I'm saying this here because some of us here will leave Nigeria and then you will be head on with an unhealthy work culture where if you work on the weekends or work on the holidays, you are paid more. You are paid more. So you'll not be thinking about it, well, uh, I can go to church every other Sunday. It's a little sleep, a little slumber. Before you know, you resemble waiting, you don't know. Help me, help me. You will look like... And that's how sin works. Sin gives birth, lost gives birth to sin. Sin gives birth to death. When it's fully formed. The same term with impregnate. It gives, so you keep sliding little by little by little till you cannot recognize yourself anymore. Guys, are you here? So, 
This one, when it comes, after learning, if you learn contentment, you will master greed. You will master greed. Some people can do anything for money and then they will Christianize it. My God shall supply. He say, who am I that he will not favor me? Miracles are only called miracles when they are within the boundaries of God's plan. Any other thing is a scam. I'm a kingdom Yahoo boy. You are in prison. You should go to prison. I heard a story one time that there's this pastor that was anointing laptops. I said, Paduasha. Oh God, arise. Let your enemies be scattered. There are jobs you cannot take because you are a believer. I'm not going to overflow that. I'll explain that. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24. Then Ecclesiastes 5.10. Matthew 6.24 then Ecclesiastes 5.10. Am I boring you? Even if I was, I will finish. So, but thank you for replying. I appreciate you. I think. He said, no man can serve two masters for either he, then Ecclesiastes 5.10, either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and what? Mammon. One must take its place. But Peter was telling us that all is in this world is the lust of the, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Three of them revolve around money. Are you here? Yes, Three of them revolve around money. When Satan took Jesus to the mountain and he said, look, just bow and I will give you. Everything that Satan was tempting Jesus with was eventually going to be his. I mean, he has given him a name above every other name, that the name of Jesus, every knee in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So it was very possible that if he had bowed to Satan, every knee on earth, but of course not that would have been his. Everything that the devil was tempting him for was still going to be his. Listen, I tell people that anything I lose for God's sake, God can give me back. And even if he does not, I'm okay. The greatest delight in obeying God is not exactly God repaying you. It's that God's will is done. Are you here? It's that God's will is done. Ecclesiastes 5. I have a lot of scriptures. Should I just call the ones you should open up? Ecclesiastes 5. Give me James chapter 5 verse 1 next. He said, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. This is a man that had money. So, you know, the songwriter released a song recently called E.K. Billion Billion. If you don't know who that is, it's fine. Don't know. Do you know? Do you know? You know what I mean? Your spiritual father. Okay. <laughs> he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase. Hey, is this second line that is busting my head? The person that loves abundance, when increase comes, he will still not be satisfied. He said this. <laughs> when somebody says this, he, he's tired. Oh, this one, you sue me. I'm tired. I'm that's why you find people that they have dangerous money, but they commit suicide. Because there is a hole in the heart of man that nothing else can satisfy but only him. 
if you and that's what Apple is doing to us. Max, Pro Max, Beta Pro. Then they'll release AirTag and wristwatch 4M, 5M MC. <laughs> Anything that you have, material things diminish with time. If the if the um circumference of your life revolves around only material things, your life is shallow. He said, he that loveth silver, this guy that is talking is somebody that was very rich. He said, I withheld nothing from my eyes. He can just be passing. He said, ah, that leg Zeus. Give me three. Um, add one Ferrari. In fact, add your manager. Right? Give me two colors. One pink, one blue. Then the third one, paint half pink, half blue. He said he withheld nothing from his eyes. Solomon that was speaking that all these things is van because if you don't listen to me, because I don't get money, so <laughs> Solomon, you listen to Solomon because he had money. Rating up to tr trillions of dollars. He said it's vanity. Solomon was upset. He said, you will work so hard and you don't even know if the man who shall inherit, this is the way he said it, if the man who shall inherit your riches will be a fool. <laughs> he now said, that also is vanity. He that loveth silver, don't think that when you have money, you will be okay. If I can just, you know, I went to a restaurant one time and the restaurant has this noise cancellation thick window that on the other side you will see uh, private jets, right? And I was eating and then I just looked outside and I said, someone will probably think that if they own one of these private jets, their life is set. But even among the private jets, you could see that they were great. Many of you, I'm sure, you thought that if I can just have a job that can be paid me, I'll be fine. Now you're looking for another job. That can pay you more. Please get the job. The job is yours in Jesus' name. But if you ever think that when you get that job, you your satisfaction will be in that job, you are you have a long way off. Guys, are you here? Many of you are looking at me like you are either confused. Um, is anybody confused so far? Fantastic. James 5. Ah, there's a lot to read. He said, go, go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Next verse. Now, many of you are reading this verse and are thinking, I will not be rich. No, calm down. Gaius was rich. That's the person that John wrote to. In third John, he was rich. Who is talking about his admonishing the rich on what not to do. Are you here? He said, your riches are corrupted and your garments are most... James, eh? He's harsh. Next verse. He said, three now, sir. Uh -huh. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Uh-huh. We're going to six. He said, behold, the hire of the laborers who have ripped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud. 
He said, crieth, and the cries of them which have reaped have entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. Bosses who, bosses who don't pay their employees but have money. The cries. I've got, you have experience. Ah! <laughs> It has gone on to the Lord of the Sabaoth, and he will reply. See, when you have your business, if you will have one and start, pay your people. Don't be a fraud. Don't buy a new car and people are suffering. God will judge you. You are the one I'm talking to. You have lived in pleasure on earth and been wanting. He said, you have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Six. He said, you have condemned and killed the just. And he does not resist you. He was talking about God. James was now talking of the judgment that was going to follow next. See, what he's talking about here, the reason he kept on writing to the rich was because there is a tendency that is very high that the rich were going to be ruled by their resources. Hence, he kept on writing to them. Guys, are you here? Hmm. Praise the Lord. Praise Lord. Alright, so finally now. Let's, let's run to the latter part of the teaching. Okay. I want to explain quickly. All those things I laid now was a foundation for where we're going. Amen. 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 Or before then, let me even explain this. Give me Proverbs chapter 13 from verse 4. Give me Proverbs 13, 4, then Proverbs 12, 24. Proverbs 13, 4, then Proverbs 12, 24. Look at this. You see, as I began to read scripture, there's something I found to be true. Let me just walk down. There's something I found to be true. You cannot be a believer and be lazy. Are you aware? You cannot accurately follow scripture. See, the Bible teaches us consistently that the believers work, there's a kind of work ethic that the believers should have. There's a kind of work ethic that the believers should have. Let's read this. He said, the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the what? Diligent shall be made fat. We're going to run through this. 12.24. It means that a lazy person always wants but does not have. Why? Because he will not work for it. You see, Jesus spoke about natural laws. And there is a reason Jesus spoke about natural laws. Because God himself used natural laws to teach. Um, Luke chapter 6 verse 38. You find Jesus teaching. And then Jesus said, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. Running over shall who? Shall men give unto your bosom. Jesus was basically using that to contrast the system of giving that God usually did. Alright? God gives irrespective of how good you have been, but men give because you have been good. Are you here? So, um, Jesus was using that to teach us. It means that God himself was aware of the laws that exist in the natural life. God did not design that we, to, we are to be sustained by miracles. He designed that we are to be sustained by his system. Guys, are you here? God did not design that you be sustained by miracles. He designed that you be sustained by what? A system. 
And that's why Paul said in um, 1 Thessalonians 2.8, he said, he that not walk, let him not what? It is an apostolic order. If you don't walk, die broke. You know, I, I put that, that real and, you know, somebody said, I don't really agree. Why? Why? You, want to, you don't want to walk. And then she, she said, okay, I want to ask you a question. And she said a lot. And I said, okay, thanks. But she didn't ask a question. She said she wants to ask. But she just quoted many scriptures. So. And I said, I thought you wanted to ask a, a question. And she said, well, yes. I said, okay, what is the question? And she didn't ask. I said, okay, thank you. But this is the thing. Paul said, he that does not work. You see, I found out that a lot of, the way many of us have, have taught, you know, financial supply. Anyways, I'll come to that. The hand of the diligent shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be what? We're going to use Proverbs. We're going to read some more. Give me that First Thessalonians 2, 8. Let's read 8 and 9. First Thessalonians 2, 8 and 9. First Thessalonians 2, 8 and 9. Then Ephesians 6, 5. First Thessalonians 2, 8. Hey, God. Give somebody a mic so that they can read for me. Any of you? Um, open Colossians 3, 22. Look at this. It said, so being... No, this is not. Give me verse 9. Let me see verse 9. Okay, let me see, let me see the next verse also. I think this is what I'm looking for. Somewhere around. Hmm. I that means I put it wrongly in my notes. Hold on. Sorry? Okay. Second Thessalonians 3, sorry. Second Thessalonians 3. He said, for even when we were with you, this was, give me verse 9 first. Let me read verse 9 first. Uh, ah, this one will take me time. Go, go, give me 10. 10, 10, 10, 10. He said, for even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not walk, neither should he what? If any should not walk, neither should he what? Paul in another place in Acts says, he said, you, were, you observed our manner of life, how our hands provided for our own needs and even the needs of those around us. Even the needs of those around us. Dear believer, work is God's plan. When Paul was speaking to, um, he was talking about handling widows in 1 Timothy 5, 6. He was talking about, that's chapter 5 or chapter 6. He was talking about handling widows. No, chapter 4 or chapter 5. He said that widows that were younger than 60, he said so that they will not be idle, let them marry again. Because if they are idle, they will give in to gossip. The idle hand is the devil's work. Satan will give you work. You know, there are, there are actually a lot of people that are dealing with habits that if they just had work, they will not have time. The little time you have, you want to invest it. He that does not walk, he should not eat. It's as simple as that. And that's why the Bible also says in Ecclesiastes 9, Ecclesiastes 9.10, it says, I'm going to run from here now. Ecclesiastes 9.10, Ecclesiastes said something very, very clearly. 
He said, whatsoever your hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whither thou goest. Yes, you are going to, we are all going to the grave. You remember? If you like, don't say amen. You will die one day. <laughs> I, I, I remember, in secondary school, <laughs> I just looked at one girl. Her name was Perpetual Asoa. I just looked at her. I said, Perpetual, one day you will die. As she looked at me, she said, you too, one day you will die. So she shouted. The children turned back and said, what is it? What is it? He, said, he said, one day I will die. He said, hey, will you not die one day? Whatever your hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. See, child of God, this verse is one verse that tells us God does not need to lead you to get a job. Are you here? I was telling somebody today, I said, you don't need to have passion for your job. Have money. See, we overestimate these things a lot. He said, if you don't have passion, okay, okay. see, have money. She said, you know, data analytics, but I don't know about my passion. Madam, madam, leave this thing. You know, we, we like to fool ourselves too much. He said, if you find your passion, you will not work a day in your life. Scam. There are many things that you like that there are times you will not feel like doing it. Ask many co-founders. They don't have passion for what they are doing. The passion is seed funding. See, let me not talk. <laughs> Those of you in tech know what I'm saying, Abby. Yes, uh -huh. uh -huh. See, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all diligence. I heard a man of God, he said, if I don't have a job, if I don't have anything to do, and my family must, he said, I will go and carry brick. Something must be in the house that night. I heard Bishop Oedipo preach a message one time, and then there was a man who didn't have a job in the, in the church. And then he just went out in the morning, came back in the evening, gave his wife 3,000 naira. His wife said, where did this money come from? He said, it came from the sermon yesterday. How? Because he didn't have a job, he had a car. He went to the airport to do taxi. So many of us are saying, I'm just waiting for a rosy opportunity. My friend, go and intend. Whatsoever your hand findeth to do. This is not, not today. I talked about that in cryptocurrency. Before I get annoyed. Whatsoever your hand findeth to do. Ah, some of you are not saying it while you're upset. That's okay. It's just the word is entering. Ephesians 6. Ephesians 6 5. Anybody that's there read? Ephesians 6 5. This choir with the mic. He said, uh -huh. now, look at this. This is, this is talking about the believer's work ethic. He said, servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh. In today's context, who will this be? Huh? Exactly. Em employers to employees, right? He said, be obedient to them that are masters according to the flesh. With fear and trembling. In singleness of heart as who? Give me the next verse. We're going to verse 8. Then next, open Colossians 3.22. It said, not with eye service as men please us. It means that don't only walk when your boss is coming. Are you here? Don't spend time browsing the internet. 
Then when your boss is coming, you quickly open your dashboard and you say, wow, these clients, I service, men pleasers. Are you, see, can I tell you something? We serve a God. There's a God you will give account to. And his sight is not as limited as your boss's sight. Are you here? His sight is not as limited as your boss's sight. You may look like the Rose of Sharon in the sight of your boss. But God sees even when nobody is there. He said, let me read, let's read again. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ. Doing the will of God from the heart. Next verse, verse 7. He said, with good will, doing service as who? So it means that when you are working for somebody, you do the work as you are working for who? Is this clear, please? You do the work as you are working for who? He said, and not to men. Give me verse 8. He said, knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of the Lord, whether he be what? Bond or free. Give me Colossians 3. I like the way you're moving now. Servants, obey in all things your masters according. Are you aware that when it comes to Colossians, Paul, Colossians and Ephesians, Paul was saying the same things. Um, when he said, Sub, wives submit, husbands love, and then he says, submit one to another. Colossians is the one that lets us understand that he is not actually saying, wife submits, then husband also submits. You don't co-submit. Submission, you cannot both be above and beneath at the same time. So when he says submit to one another, when he says wife submit, husband love, in Ephesians when he says submit to one another, Colossians because he's writing the same thing and it's the same author, the same teacher, please sit up everybody. Colossians lets us understand that what exactly he's saying was submit yourself to authority. So when he says one another, he means the authority that, that anyways, that's not what we're doing today. But I just said that because Ephesians and Colossians is the same thing. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart. Doing what? So when you are doing your job, you should do it as what? Talk to me now, as what? Next verse. Some of you are thinking now, should I not download series anymore? Anyways, he said, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the who? And not unto, next verse. We're going to 25. He said, knowing that, are you seeing it's the same thing he's saying? Knowing that of the Lord, you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Christ. Next verse. He said, but he that doeth wrong. In fact, this one gives us an addendum. He that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he had done. And there is no respect of persons. You know, the idea of a creator God lets us understand that there is such a thing called accountability. So there is a way, an unbeliever can do many things without, without any care in the world. You see, there was a particular job I was taking on, right? Um, the council of elders know what I'm saying. And the Lord, you know what I'm saying, Abby? And the Lord told me, he said, see, I am your reward. How you walk, I will reward. Because I see, both in secret and in public. Dear believer, your work ethic must be solid. If your work ethic is not solid, you don't look like the book you carry. You must work hard. You must work hard. Before we get into favor, I'm going to talk about these things now. Hard work and favor, they are not fighting, you know. 
I'm going to get to that. But you must work hard first of all. Why? Is what the word says. You cannot be slothful. You cannot be lazy. And you cannot even use the things of God. Everything must have its place. So even when he comes to school, why are you not reading? I'm speaking in tongues. You will fail with an unction. You will fail brutally. Everyone I discipled in school, it got to a point, I'll say, are you reading? I hope you are reading. Two weeks before exam, no mentorship class anymore. Go and read. Because you will not fail. You say, I, I was studying Colossians. Read! Read your books. You are who Colossians. Praise Jesus. I like us everywhere is sober. Sweet me. Praise the Lord. Now, which brings me to which brings me to my next point. Listen, there may be divine interventions, but let me tell you, as far as this world is concerned, natural laws run this world. Are you here? Guys, you need to respond to me, please. Like I said, I told you this was a Bible study. So what else did you expect? That we'll do one hour quick word. We are here today. You hear So you need to respond to me properly. Or do you want to stand up and touch your toes? So please answer me. Natural laws run this world. Guys, are you here please? Natural laws do what? Run this world. So you must... As far as this world is concerned, you see, like I, I, I saw the man of God, he did a real. Many believers are actually lazy. About your career path, you are reading nothing, you are investing nothing, you are doing nothing, but you say, I know the God I serve. Are you aware that the God you serve at the beginning gave Adam work? So Adam was not just loafing in the garden saying, wow, this Agbalumo is nice. He was to tend and keep. And he brought them to him to see what he called them. He was to tend and keep. You can't be lazy. From today, I want you to shape your work ethic differently. Reduce social media time. Do you know how many books you've read as tweets this month? You are adding two cents on every matter. That's why you are broke. On every matter. Everything that happens, you say yes, even me too. Shut up. You see some people, they'll say, people have been asking me, it's a lie. Nobody asks you. You're, you're always butting in busy bodies. Busy bodies, not minding their business. Always having something to say. Child of God, listen. When it comes to your natural affairs, because there is a God you will give accounts to, and then he watches over these things, we carry ourselves differently. We walk as unto the Lord. Say as unto the Lord. Come on, say as unto the Lord. We walk as who? As unto the Lord. Even in your business, you walk properly. You pay the people that work for you. 
Because, hey, child of God, the Bible even lets us understand, like I explained in crystal currency, we have so that we can give. That's one of the reasons. So that we give to the poor, give to the cause of the gospel, give to ministers, you know, give to our family, take care of ourselves. God's plan is not that you give yourself dry, that you have nothing to survive on anymore. No. I remember that last supernatural class. I said, Paul told us God loves a cheerful giver. But some of us know those that sow in tears. We reap in joy. I said, God does not like that. He loves. So if you didn't give cheerfully, that giving did not excite God. Somebody shouted, yeah, my money. That day, I remember. If you did not give. So God is not just. You see, in the Old Testament, they had hearts of stone. So they had to tell them what to give. But in the New Testament, our heart has been changed. So if the emphasis is not exactly on the what, it's on the how. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same, your name is to be hallowed. Adonai. All right, so the emphasis on, of course, Paul said, let every man give as the Lord has prospered him. On the first day of the week, let them gather so that there be no collections when I come. So that as soon as he comes, he just picks it up and goes. But he said that let every man give cheerfully. So there is a way we have emphasized, so a seed that we move God. See, any gift you give that moves God has to be shocked no? It cannot be the one who made the heaven earth. It cannot be the one who owns a cattle upon a hill. What can you give him that he didn't first give you? There is nothing you will give that will shake him. That you will give God and you say, ah! Taste it. Don't you get everything and is moved by nothing. So when we say give something to move God, you can't. There is nothing you will give that, you can't bribe God. If he gave us his son freely, how much more will he with him give us all things? He gave you the greatest gift, salvation for free. Even though someone else, he paid for it, okay? Then, but you had to just believe, all right? Gave it to you, yet you think that if I sow a seed, it will meet a need. Your seed is your bridge, all these things. Speak to your offering. Who do you think you are giving chicken to? Send it on errand. Go where I have not reached so that I can go where I have not reached. What is wrong with you? What do you think this is? Ogoni? Trust me, the Bible teaches to give sacrificially. It does. I practice it. There was a time when the Lord spoke to me once. I just wanted to be sure it's the Lord. So I waited. As he spoke again, I just opened piggy vest. You know, when the money is serious, it's piggy vest you open, not your bank account. I just opened piggy vest. After I sent it, I just kept the phone and walked away. Because MFJ. You get it? So yes, the Lord can nudge you to give sacrificially. He's, see, if you don't give, you are not in spiritual health. If you don't give, you are not in spiritual health. Many of you will need to listen to this sermon again. If you don't give, you are not in spiritual health. How did I get here? What was I saying? All right. 
their natural laws. But, emoji increase a little. Because, even though there are natural laws, and this is something you need to know, child of God, please pay attention. Please pay attention. Please pay attention. Listen. There are natural laws. But we live in a fallen world. So that, that statement, Ceteris parables, all things being equal, he says, come. All things are never always equal. But we are not without help. We have the power of God. Because we live in a fallen world, we can trust God for miracles. Are you here? Because we live in a fallen world, you can trust God for miracles. We can trust God for miracles. Let me explain to you what is, a, what is a miracle. But before I talk about what a miracle is, I need to talk about what a miracle is not. Number one, a miracle is not a violation of natural laws. Let's start from there. You know, a lot of people have defined miracles as a violation of natural laws. It's not. Why? Because he's the one that instituted the laws. The laws are his own. He cannot violate what are his. Are you here? I'm trying to rush through this. The miracles are not a violation of natural laws. Number two, miracles are not always what cannot be explained. You know, the, the, the prophet, the king came to the prophet, or the prophet came to the king, and he said, put your house in order, you will die. And then the prophet, Hezekiah turned to the wall, and then he prayed. And then the prophet turned from, the, the Lord spoke to him in the courtyard. The prophet turned back and went to the king, and he said, what's, what's, what we? Thus saith the Lord, 15 years have been added to your life. And he told him to add plaster to his boil. Have, have, have we seen it in the Bible before? Many of us only know that the prophet came back and told Hezekiah. If Hezekiah only received the word and did not put that plaster, he would have died. Let me, let me read this because the way Cromwell is looking at me. Second Kings. Second Kings. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same your name is to be hallowed. Adonai. Second Kings 27. Second Kings 27. Look at this. Am I look, go back? Go, let's read from verse 6. So that we'll get the context. We know it's the same story. So you know it's Hezekiah. And I will add unto thy days 15 years, and I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city of my own sake. Ah, when God speaks of his integrity, it is sweet. He said, and for my servant David's sake. Next verse. He said, and Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And they took and laid it on the boil. And he did what? So, there was a supernatural hand. But at the same time, there was a natural hand. Are you here? There was a supernatural hand, but at the same time, there was a natural hand, there was natural medicine here. So, miracles are not always what cannot be explained. Not always. You know, I, I, I can give you more scriptural instances, but I don't want us to run out of time. Let me share this story quick. You see, I saw him, I heard the testimony from a pastor. He said his daughter was very sick, right? And then he went to the hospital. And then as he got to the hospital, um, as he, is Eunice here? Not you, not you. The other Eunice. Tell my your friend. Your friend. She didn't come. Okay. There is, so, 
he got to the hospital, she was sick, and then they told her that uh, that is, they told him that she has a very rare form of sickness. As a parent, that's not what you want to hear. If it's rare, why is it my child? He said she has a very rare kind of sickness. So he said it's a minor surgery that can be done, but they need an equipment that they don't have. May you not be a victim of this country. So he exhausted all his contacts and none of his contacts had it. So he began to, the pastor, the pastor had been fasting and praying prior. So they, they, she was in the ER. So they wheeled her, he, after exhausting his contacts, they wheeled her out of the ER because he had no, there was no, they didn't have the equipment. They wheeled her basically to go and die. So the pastor came out and then he began to pray. And then um, the doctor actually, his secretary came and told him that there's an Asian man by your door. By your, by your office. He's waiting for you. So he went there. The man said, oh, how are you doing? And then he dropped the equipment on his table. And then he said, take this equipment. We want to sell it to you. He said, oh, this is exactly what we need for a lady that, has a, that needs a surgery. He said, oh, okay, test it. If it works, then we will talk price. <laughs> and then the man did it. And the money uh, he used it did the operation quickly she was fine and then he sterilized he brought it back and said okay the man how much he said 15 million he said we cannot afford it and he said okay these are my contacts call me back someone else had you know they had a cost to call him for the same equipment they tried all the number and all the contact addresses none went through is he an angel I don't know but that's a miracle that's a miracle angel appearing to Joseph and telling them to run to Egypt is not any less supernatural than Isaiah, than Elijah making the army of the, the Assyrian soldiers blind. You are not the one that chooses how deliverance is done. Your own is to trust God and when the door opens, walk through. Whether they stoned Paul and he, they, he looked dead but then he stood up, you know, he was raised from, I believe he died, right? They stoned he died and then he stood up and went back into the city to preach. Whether it was that or they let him down through a basket, both are deliverance. Many times we don't see the hand of God as the hand of God because there is a way we want the miracles to happen. So we the seemingly normal ways that God intervenes. So you needed money and then the Lord sent somebody and said, you know what, I want to give this to you. And then it, it was exactly what you needed. We don't really see it as supernatural except money rains from our ceiling. Or we just pray. As we pray, we hear, bah, you open your eyes. It's Ghana must go of money. See, many times, if Isaiah had been praying and then he, he said that he was not going to... Uh, he wanted something strong. I mean, the Bible says there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. There was fire, but the Lord was not in the... But until there was a small, still voice. That was the signal. Many of us might miss God because we are looking for the spectacular and miss the seemingly supernatural things that God will do. Guys, are you here? Yes, Guys, are you here? Yes, Listen, I want you to open your heart. Listen, everything I've been saying has been building up to this point. You know, I wanted our hearts to be in the right place before I said what I wanted to say. Are you with me, guys? Hear me and hear me very, very, very well. 
A miracle is a miracle not because we cannot explain it. Not because if we did make it that definition, are you aware that when scientists change water to wine, they would then say that what Jesus did was no longer a miracle. But it doesn't make it any less miraculous. Because your own, you could add whatever by the laws of nature, but by Jesus' own, it was, you cannot, you don't know what happened. Even though at the atomic level or a molecular level, it could be a, change, a shift of structures and things. Guys, do you understand what I'm saying so far? A miracle is a miracle because the hand of God is here. I'm telling you this because many things that God will do in your life, they may not seem like, oh my God, I cannot explain it. No. You may be able to explain, but you, you will know and you can trace that is the hand of God. Book of Esther. God, we don't really see God's mighty hand. We only see that they fasted and prayed. And in them fasting and praying, we get to see seeming coincidences that played out to be for the salvation of the people of Israel. Guys, are you here? Guys, are you here? We get to see seeming coincidences that played out to be for the deliverance of the children of Israel. So when Haman, they took three days to fast and pray, and Haman began to beg. And as Haman was begging, king entered and said, oh, so after that you want to rape my wife too? And the king looked out. The first thing he saw was the gallows. He said, hang him there. <laughs> and then um, Mordecai said, he said, for such a time had God put you here. Because if you don't help, God will raise another person. So it seemed to be, you know, Albert Einstein said something so intelligent. He said, coincidences are when God decides to be anonymous. So, there are many things that could happen. And some, you know, I, I, I was watching this apologetics channel and he said something very intelligent. He said, this is the difference between science and faith. You know, if you, if you see water boiling and then they ask you, what's, why is the water boiling? If he says, um, uh, if he says that, oh, PNI wants to make tea. And he says, oh, there is heat, so it's causing... Um, the atoms or the molecules to run at a faster rate. Maybe that's what happens when it's boiling. Have you? I'm smart. So, he is science. He is faith. Both of them are correct. Are you here? Are you here? So that's why when people say, oh, the, the big bang, yadi, yadi. Well, my question is, what bang did? What bang did? Anyways. And I said that to explain this, like I put on my thread. Someone can say that, oh, you, you know, someone put up something. He said, before you thank your uncle for giving you, before you thank God for giving you a job and get the testimony, why don't you thank your uncle that gave you the connect first? Bro, you can do both. You can do both. It's true that your uncle could have given you the connect, but it's also true that God could have moved him. Through scriptures, we get to see that and God moved the heart. The Bible says the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Like a pool of water, he can turn it whichever way he desires. So, it could also be the hand of God that made it be. Are you here? Both are very true. A natural explanation does not does not make it void of a supernatural hand. Are you here? A natural explanation does not make it void of a supernatural hand. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the same your name is to be hallowed 
Adonai. See, we don't choose how God intervenes. All we have to do is lift up our hands and receive his intervention. Many times, the interventions we need are instructions away. I remember prophesying to someone and I said, the Lord says something for your finances. He said you should take your courses serious. There's this course, this course, this course. And like that. Can I tell you something? I have seen it. I have experienced it. Favor is a real concept. A lot of people can now begin to say, oh, is it favor or is hard work? They are not fighting. As a matter of fact, a man who is more hardworking is most likely to experience favor consistently. If you are hardworking, you are in a better position to experience favor consistently. Because, you know, even... Um, let me piggyback on what I said earlier. We don't choose how God intervenes. All we have to do is receive our intervention. There are many people that we see that God spoke to them and they got healed immediately. Jesus spoke to them and they got... There are people that we see that the Bible says as they went, they got healed. The most important thing is they got healed. We don't get to choose how God intervenes. All we have to do is receive intervention. Are you here? Guys, are you here? A man who works harder, is he, who works hard, is in a better place. If It's just like Joshua. Moses lifted up his hands and they were winning the battle, but Joshua was a skilled fighter. Are you here? Joshua was a skilled fighter. So there was both a supernatural advantage and then there was a natural side to the war. May I have made up my mind, I will not be praying useless prayers. You did not read. You say, oh God, you have a pen. My friend, you will fail. Do it again because with your patience, you will learn virtue. I will do the one I can do. I will let God do the rest. God opened the prison gate. Peter opened the door. <laughs> do the one you can do. Get all the information you can get. And I was saying this, favor is a miracle. We can believe it, we can trust it, we can trust for it, and then we can expect it. Favor is a miracle. God, listen, I'm saying this very well. God can cause men to favor you. It has happened in scripture. The Bible said in Exodus, it said, and when you go, you shall not leave empty. So that they went to the Israelites, the Egyptians, and they told them, give us gold. And they knew they were living, but they gave them gold. It's favor. Are you here? His favor. See, one thing that when it comes to the miraculous, faith begins when the will of God is known. You can trust God. Because you know who he is, you can depend on him. You know, I was talking to an engineer and he was telling me that God has an infinite number of ways to meet finite problems. So the problems are limited. His solutions are not. He has a, an infinite number of ways to meet with finite problems. Are you here at all? So, this is the thing when it comes to hard work and favor. Listen, spraying tongues under your breath. This is important. A lot of people say this. You know, hard work and favor, like I said, they are not fighting. They are not fighting. They are not in contrast one to another. But, 
Like I said, like I tweeted one time, you know, somebody was arguing with me. I said, see, you don't need to, even a job you get by favor, you will need hard work to sustain it. Because if you don't work well, you will be, if you, a job you get by favor, if you don't work well, you will keep on meeting the HR before you go home. Your KPIs, you are not meeting, you will go home. Whatever is sustained by favor, whatever is gotten by favor is not sustained by favor, it's sustained by work. Supply is not, supply may be devoid of work, meaning God can cause this thing and then you are competent and then you can get it and all those things. But, it is sustained by work. So in your field, put in the best. But even while you are doing that, trust God. Why? Because this world is falling. You cannot trust the natural principles of this world to always work all the time. Men are falling, so men can always bend things in their favor to put you in trouble. They did it to Daniel. Are you here? I'm just going to share a few testimonies and then we pray. Look at what the Bible says. You know, the way hard work and favor is not, they, they are not fighting, is the same way that if you get healed, you can get a medical test. When Jesus healed the lepers, he told them, go and show yourself to the priest. And then as they were going to the priest, you know, he sent them for checkup, basically. So if you get healed by a condition, are they like all those miracles that, that I like the before and after? This is what the doctor said before. This is what the doctor is saying now. So it's not any um, um, uh, psychosomatic miracle. It's something that we know from God's word. It's something that we can see from evidence. You know, I shared the testimony of the lady. How many of you remember that testimony? The lady from Dominican Republic, like I shared, that she said she had asthma. Apparently, I found out that she was born with a lung condition. And then that she, you know, she, she got a lung replacement surgery and things like that. And then when she got that surgery, um, you know, she, it now led to issues. And all, but after that supernatural class I had in Abuja, which she tuned in, she was healed. There's x-ray before, there's x-ray after. Healed. So, it is the same way hard work and favor are not competing. Hmm. Anyways, so this is the thing. And the reason why hard work and favor are not always competing is because God does not bless empty hands. He blesses the works of our hands. He does not bless empty hands. You... That's why he asked Moses, what is in your hand? He does not bless empty hands. He blesses the works of our hands. A lazy believer is an anomaly. And you said, the Lord will come through for me. But you are doing nothing. Ah, it's not true. There is nothing for the Lord to, in quote, breathe upon. Are you here? Are you here? So, like the Egyptians, God can give favor like he gave to the children of Israel, like Aholiab, that the Lord gave them skill and cunning. Aholiab and Bezalel. God can breathe that your effort can pay off. You can know your work very well by your own diligence and then there's assistance by the Spirit of God. That Solomon can wake up with an MBA he never pay attention, please. Solomon can wake up with an MBA he never studied. Are you here, guys? 
Solomon could wake up with an MBA he never studied. I want you to trust God even in your natural affairs. I want you to trust God even in your natural affairs. Trust God even in your natural affairs. We are talked of your heart position, you know, for contentment and then uh, hedging against greed and then diligence. But yo, you can trust for miracles. You can trust for favor. You can trust for the hand of God. Are you here? Are you here? Rise to your feet, let's pray. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. Nelson Nihalwa Ministries is a mandate that seeks to see men saved, trained, and sent. For more ministry content, visit us at t.me forward slash Nelson Nihalwa. And for contact details, follow on Instagram at Nelson Nihalwa. God bless you.